Hi y'all, John Alcorn, that one dude 2020, really the CEO and founder of the God Over Money Sports Network. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can hear it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. knows his stuff uh you know he's not afraid to go at people and no player should have that much control over an organization well that's my check this is not the los angeles lebron how did you get blocked by lebron james on twitter talking about you know wanting to inspire and like i'm inspired right now i want to run through a brick wall for you right now i cutthroat it's very you know, up and down roller coaster of emotion. God put me in a position. It's always a good time when I get to get on that dude 2020 show. What is up, folks? That one, dude. 2020 here on Facebook, my personal Facebook page, the, of course, network YouTube page. Of course, over here on the phone is the network Instagram page. And soon we'll be able to go live on Twitter, Instagram, on all the platforms. So all of you can enjoy the content and then learn, and more importantly, learn a little bit more about God. I know I'm simple. I make a lot of mistakes. But ladies and gentlemen, let's get into today's prayer break. Lord, I know I make mistakes and sometimes I have a hard time trusting you. But I know in you and I hope these people can know about you through these episodes. Your glory, your pain. Not mine. Let it practice what it preach on and off camera. In Jesus' name. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, for today, we have a Bible story called the Lazarus story. Now, people don't know about Lazarus. Lazarus in, uh, back in the day. Back in the day. 
got really sick. And of course he so-called died. And Jesus followers were like, Jesus, why, why are we staying here an extra two days? It doesn't make any sense. I don't see it. There were so many questions, just like with a lot of NFL teams right before the regular season. There's a ton of questions, a ton of concerns, stuff, things that we're not really understanding in any way, shape, or form. So Jesus and his followers stay for two more days. They go find where Lazarus is, who's always smells, he stinks. He's, he's like, Jesus, if you were here, my brother Lazarus wouldn't have died. But remember, through faith, just because we don't see it, just because we don't understand, because we might be looking at it through a physical lens, all things are possible. All things are possible. Despite Jesus' disciples having questions, about Jesus' methods, just like NFL teams, like I said, do before the NFL season. Because no matter what it looks like, whether with the franchise, or roster, or drama, no matter what it looks like, in a plan that God has for your life. Yeah, and I'm learning this, and I hope I can teach you all this through God's plan. God will use a situation for His glory. God always works for our good. But ladies and gentlemen, let's get into today's football talk. As you see in the title, the biggest AFC North slash NFC East questions for 2021. That article that came out from, again, from CBS Sports. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get into that one here in just a moment. Maybe just one second. The biggest AFC North questions. Could you easily want to talk about the first team, the Baltimore Ravens? Do you talk about the strengths or the weaknesses? What we were talking about is the offensive line. It's the receiving core. But you can also, it's really kind of also going back to the organization. There are a ton of questions within the organization. If they're so sure about Lamar Jackson being their guy, why, didn't, why aren't they getting off that slime to protect him? Who, who, who's a receiver? I'm not saying he didn't have decent receivers. But compared to the entire AFC North, for the most part, except for maybe a little bit on the Bengals, the receiving core is better. I'm definitely light years better on the Browns. Jarvis Landry, Adele Beckham Jr. coming back from injury, Najoku, all those guys go to the Steelers. Dante Johnson, Chase Claypool, guess who came back on a one-year deal? Juju Smith-Schuster. So are we looking at anything with a concern? Is the receiving court is one of the worst, if not the worst, in the AFC North. If Lamar Jackson is going to improve as a passer this offseason, heading into the regular 2021 season, who is he going to throw to? Compared to what? The Browns, the Steelers, and what the Bengals have. My biggest concern is even if you're revamped, if you even if the Ravens have this revamped offensive line, can they protect Lamar Jackson against Miles Garrett? Can they protect him against Melvin Ingram, who again hasn't necessarily been the best starting defensive player in the league, had two or three years with Bosa, so maybe that kind of made it look better. 
as a defensive player? There's questions about that. You had to replace Orlando Brown Jr. My biggest concern is obviously the offensive line for the Ravens, not just through the first couple weeks. That's going to look decent. They're going to play well together. Great rhythm, great chemistry on the field. But towards the end of the season, maybe game 14, 15, 16, or 17 in the 18-week season, when the Browns are getting better, the Steelers, who knows what's going to happen with them after drafting Najee Harris and what they did in the offseason. Maybe this has been Roethlisberger's last year in the NFL. Who knows? Also, I believe the Baltimore Ravens got a former left tackle from the series. I apologize if I pronounced his name wrong. Alandro Velanova. I butchered that name. It's the pass protection for the Baltimore Ravens. That's the biggest concern. Some people say, oh, the Marjax didn't have the weapons. So criticizing who they did or didn't get. Oliver Brown is decent. Not exciting. Not great, not top five, top ten. Maybe he doesn't need to be a player in top ten, top five, top four receiver for the Ravens to have success this year. Despite what's happened the past two years for the Ravens in the regular season, not getting it done in the playoffs. We can assign blame all we want. Remember, they do have one offense lineman that people should be familiar with. Kevin Sider. Drafted by the Cleveland Browns years ago. And of course, in the 2019 offseason, went to the New York Giants due to the Odell Beckham trade and Julius um, Peppers is now one of the still one of those continuous defenders for the New York Giants. Of course, as you know, it's Hollywood Brown as a number one receiving option. Sandy Watkins is supposed to be number two if he can stay healthy. That's going to be the big health and pass protection, I think, are two of the biggest concerns, in my opinion, for the Baltimore Ravens in 2021. But also, there is another question. Who was the Ravens' number three receiver? You got a rookie. Could be the number three guy. But get into rookie. It's unproven, uncertain, not guaranteed. Who knows? Y'all got another rookie in Tylon Wallace and Miles Book and a great veteran receiver. So they they have weapons. So the Ravens don't get it done this year. Either in the regular season or specifically in the playoffs or get to the AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl. Who are they going to blame? They're not going to blame Lamar. Lamar is not going to be blamed for that. There's a certain media bias. Come on, folks. You know that. You know better. Offensive line protection and potentially who can who can step up and be that true number receiver. No, Marcus Brown or AKA Holly Brown supposed to be the number one guy. Can he play that next year? Can we blame part of that? Lamar just hasn't been consistent as a passer. So many people can have different opinions. But our final question is my question is from. CBS, CBS Sports posted in their article, how far will the Baltimore Ravens go in 2021? I'm genuinely curious to see what y'all think. They put in the comment section below, comments, concerns. John, you're crazy. But remember, folks, I am not responsible. Remember, I am not responsible for your physical or mental health. 
if you disagree with a must watch six time. I'm looking over here because I'm also live on the God Over Money Sports Network Instagram page and soon will be live on the new Twitter account for the God Over Money Sports Network. And I'm curious, what do y'all think? How far wins lies will the Baltimore Ravens go? Is it 10 games? Is it the AFC North crown? Is it getting to the Super Bowl? I'd love to hear your comments, questions, or concerns. Oh, they're going to win more than 10 games. The Bengals are in rebuild mode. The Steelers, this is too many questions. They're in some pressure. This could, like I said, folks, this is, this could be Ben Roethlisberger's last year at just with the Steelers. Put in the NFL. I can see the Baltimore Ravens winning. 11 games, 11 and 6. Very decent record. Maybe the Browns can win 12 games and they get the wild card spot. The Browns will win. And I know there could still be conversation or media like, well, let's talk about, oh, Lamar Jackson. Look what he's doing. Look how elusive he is as a runner. And all these things. Without the energy and swagger of Baker Mayfield. But overall, how their offense is. The Ravens. They need Lamar Jackson to be a much better passer. They don't need Baker Mayfield to throw for 4,000 plus yards. For the Cleveland Browns to have a successful 2021 campaign in the NFL, again, more AFC North and AFC East concerns before the 2021 NFL season starts. Articles due to credit to CBS Sports. The Bengals, we've talked about them a lot. We've laughed about them a lot. We've joked about them a lot. We've made fun of them a lot. Because what is a thing that I have, that I'm learning my walk with God in, in life, in jobs, in careers? It's not, it's more, what is more important is getting what you need versus what you want. Just like with God. It's more important and more benefit to you, even if it, 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 it feels frustrating to, to hear what you need to hear versus what you want to hear. The Bengals did the exact opposite. They're in rebuild mode. What type of offense are they going to have? Is it going to be run pass? Pass run? Is Joe Burrow going to be mobile? You need to Joe Burrow gets to 100%, whether it's in week one, two, three, four, five, or continuously on, and to get 100% healthy. Let's say he gets destroyed, gets sacked by a defensive player, and isn't 100%. How is that going to affect the Bengals? Not just the Bengals franchise, not just the organization, but how is that going to affect Joe Burrow and his health? There's so much, for me, at least just in the AFC North, there was so much uncertainty with this franchise in 2021. Look at the folks here, here on Instagram and on Facebook, and on YouTube. Let me know comments, questions, or concerns. What is the biggest question or concern, in y'all's opinion, or for Bengals fans out there, for the 2021 season? So you got the Ravens, you got the Browns, you got the Steelers, and of course, the lonely, lonely, lonely Cincinnati Bengals. It's the same thing every year. But when we teach kids, when we have kids, when we work with kids, 
where we teach them a lot of things, of course, but one thing specifically, you can be doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Carson Palmer knows this phenomenal dude, had a one. That one dude 2020, go check it out on the That One Dude 2020 Instagram page. But what I don't get is that is the Cincinnati Bengals organization being run by a bunch of Higgins? Is it being run by a bunch of children? I know you selected Dante Smith in the fourth round. We had opportunities earlier in the draft, but maybe draft some better offensive line. But the Bengals don't do that. We know Carson Palmer's frustrations, and rightfully so. We know maybe Potter Andy Dolan's frustrations, rightfully so, or should have had a new coach years ago, rightfully so. My biggest question is, even if the Cincinnati Bengals or team, the offense, the, the whole team somehow succeeds in tournament members, the huge concern, yes, it's the offensive line number one, it's their head coach. Are they convinced of it? This is what, year three, Zach Taylor. We know in a rebuild mode, it could take a couple of years to see some improvement, to show some improvement. I totally get that. But this is year three. We're not saying anything. When they drafted Jamar Chase, did Zach Taylor have some opinion in that? Probably so what I don't get is, it, let's say the Bengals don't work out this year. They go 4-13. and 13. Zach Taylor, most likely, would be the scapegoat. Rightfully so. Is he the right fit for the organization? Is he the right fit for this team? Is he the right fit for this team specifically right now with Joe Burrow? No, he's not. i see you later. No, he's not. So what I don't understand is, yes, we understand that different fits. We are all meant to be with certain teams or certain jobs. God has a plan for us. What I don't understand with the Bengals, if it doesn't work out this year, are they going to make an excuse for Zach Taylor or is he going to be the scapegoat? The running game, offensive line, Joe Burrows, how they he says he's going to be 100%, but you haven't played in a regular season game since that injury in 2020. So are we really sure how he's going to adjust? There's too many questions, too many concerns. If Joe Burrow will be 100% how he will play. I'm saying, I know they drafted second second round USC tackle Jackson Carmen. I get that. Maybe they need some offensive line help. There's no doubt that Jamar Chase is going to be a phenomenal receiver in the NFL. I'm not debating that. I'm not criticizing him as a player. I'm criticizing or at least voicing annoyances or frustrations. Not as a Bengals fan or a Broncos fan, and a Texas Longhorns fan. It doesn't make sense to me. Is somehow the Bengals thinking that this rebuild that they're doing is going to work? With all of that even being said. Have the Bengals done enough to better protect Joe Burrow? Let me know what you think in the comment section below or anything of the sorts here. Again, folks, we're live on the God Over Money Instagram page, the God Over Money Facebook, YouTube page, and on 
by personal face-to-face and soon we'll be liable we here on another device on the God over money Twitter page. Make sure we go live on all of the platforms so more and more people can get to know God, hear about sports, and bring them both together. But the Browns, the Steelers, the Bengals, all the whole apes, you know, the Ravens. Who has the worst offensive line? It's the Bengals. The Bengals are doing the same thing over and over and over. And they're expecting a different result. You don't better protect your brother this year. This is not fair. Is that Taylor's job? How people view Joe Burrow to a certain extent. If Joe Burrow will even get a second contract or he even stay with the Bengals. And you don't even have enough talent at the running back position. Supposedly, Joe Mixon, we missed Tingas last year with an injury. Still with a situation with Joe Mixon and the Cincinnati Bengals. So I guess the Bengals are convinced that Semihe, again, I apologize if I pronounced the name wrong 100%. Semihe Payon, I butchered that, but he averaged four point yards per carry. I get that. Is, yeah, he's a placement for Giovanni Bernard. Oh, what's their bread and butter? That's what I'm really curious to see. What's going to be the bread and butter of this offense if Joe Burrow is 100%? What's going to be this uh, bread and butter of the offense if Joe Burrow is 100%, but the offensive line isn't protecting him? What is it going to be? Let's say Jamar Chase misses a game. With Jamar Chase, will Joe Burrow play better? That's definitely a high possibility. I could say yes. But if Jamar Chase isn't on the field, does this expose Burrow? This is more importantly exposed. Continue to show what we've seen for the past about 20 years with the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, I believe it does. Lose some defensive players. You know, Atkins, I believe, is a free agent. So, man, it's too many questions, concerns, and things to really laugh about. The Cleveland Browns with a playoff game last year. Made the playoffs. Well, we all know when the Browns traded for the for Odell back in June 2019. It was exciting. It was great. Didn't work out in 2019. Odell missed most of last year, if not all of last year. Browns' offense was so fun to watch. But really, the question of concern here is that are the Browns going to play better with Odell in the field? How will Odell Beckham Jr. fit in the Browns' offense? Person, even if he puts up great numbers, those type of personalities clashing on the field, in my opinion, could go ugly real quick. That's definitely could be a big concern. He's willing the Browns to step up this year. They stepped up in a huge way last year, beating the Steelers in the playoffs. And now the NFL, NFL franchises, the media, fans, know exactly what the Cleveland Browns are about. There was going to be pressure. So despite of getting back and coming back, you say, oh, oh, my gosh, 319 yards. They were 5-2. and two. Then we're still one great. Jarvis Landry, let me make this clear. 
I think a lot of fans or football people know this. Despite if Odell Beckham Jr. coming back, being 100%, Jarvis Landry is still the number one receiver. Do we, do we talk about Jarvis Landry enough in the NFL? If you look at Jarvis Landry, he will be the number one guy. Eric, you got Nick Chubb, Odell, you got Cream Hunt, a dual threat guy, Njoku, backup tight end. You got that tight end second year, Austin Hooper, that was signed by the Clinton Bucks last year, a former Atlanta Falcons tight end who had 700 plus yards in 2019. 2019-2020 season campaign. The Brandon game's going to be great. The offensive line's going to play even better. But how is Baker? Am I genuinely paid? How is Baker going to handle that pressure? How is Odell going to handle this risk of questions, maybe some concerns? They're not criticism. I'm just curious. How will Odell Beckham Jr. handle not being the number one receiver? Or hopefully he knows he's not the number one receiver for the Cleveland Browns. How is Odell Beckham Jr. going to handle if one big game that they won by 10 plus points against a big rival? He only had three to four receptions. Those are just questions that I have. We know that big play he had. Versus the Dallas Cowboys last year. Back at full speed after eight months after tearing his ACL. I wish Odell Beckham Jr. the best. Just because. And I, and I hope I can reiterate this again, again, again. Just because I have questions about him on the field or a player on the field. It never means I am critical of them. As a person, so I'm not right to judge judge people at all in terms of oh you're terrible at that no, that's not acceptable as a man. My brother, that's not acceptable as a Christian, a Christ follower, and to be Christ-like. But Odell Beckham Jr. to me is the maybe not the I want to say the only but the highest or biggest question mark for the Cleveland Browns and their offense in 2021. Sheldon Richardson goes back to the Vikings. They got some good defensive players. You also part of like I said, Seldon Richardson. You got oh Malik Jackson. Malik Jackson that was on that 2015 Broncos team that won the 2016 Super Bowl Super Bowl 50 versus the Carolina Panthers and Cam Newton. Cam Newton's last great year, supposedly. In the NFL. Now, the, 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 uh, the, we're talking about the biggest question on the offense. But the two, the, the biggest question on defense. Jadavion Clowney. I clowned him last year. Because I don't think he's a great defender. People like to nitpick tiny stats here and there. To try to prove their point. I'm not looking at sack numbers. I'm not looking at tackles or anything. What I'm looking at is his health, his availability. Can Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney have that production on the field? Because what happens if Jadavion Clowney gets out, gets injured? So a lot of times, even that Seattle playoff game versus the Eagles, when Josh McCown came in the start, as it was Josh McCown, 
Uh, let me think. Oh, yeah. So, Jadavion Clowney was questionable for that game. But the biggest question presented by CBS Sports, I think a lot of people can be. Kind of what I just talked about a minute ago. Can Jadavion Clowney be Robin to Miles Garrett Batman? They tried to land him in 2020. But they got him in 2021. Does he make the defense better? Of course, if we know with Miles Garrett on the field... The defense plays better. What would you do to inclining on the field? Does Miles Garrett and the defense play better? Or would you do class off the off the field? Does the cleaner bounds defense and Miles Garrett play much better? I think that Jadavia Klein could be that kryptonite for the Cleveland Browns defense. But again, who knows what happened in the 2021 campaign? This last one for the biggest AFC North. Concerns is, of course, the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, Big Big is coming back next year. This is potentially last year in the NFL. Great career, future first ballot Hall of Famer, two-time Super Bowl champion. But do they have the offensive line to protect your quarterback? Yes, you got Andre Harris, so he'll be running a lot, running a lot, running a lot. They released David DeCasto. I, I butchered names. I'm sorry. That just happens. So you released him. I know the financial situation cap-wise for 2021 isn't very good. So that can you say that's definitely their crap tonight. Can the offensive line protect Ben Roethlisberger early on in the season? Or later in the season when the Browns get it done? The Ravens and the Browns are fouling a big playoff spot. Mind you. Going back to the Steelers cap situation. The Steelers will carry over $5 million in cap space. They'll have a negative $500 adjusted to their cap. There is no way, in my genuine opinion, that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to beat the Ravens, are going to beat the Browns for the AFC North crown. There's no way. Ben Wolfsburger is, you can sell his pass by Hey, he had some good numbers last year. Fine. He has nothing else left to prove. It's been years. Maybe he's had something to prove. He's a two-time Super Bowl champion. Future first ballot Hall of Famer. So I don't understand, like, what what is he coming back for? Is it this, like, like Kobe Bryant type season again? Rest in peace to Kobe Bryant here. But the Steelers are not winning the Super Bowl. They're not getting to the Super Bowl. They're not getting to the Asian Championship. They're not getting to the division round. In my general opinion, I believe there's a chance that the Steelers will miss the playoffs. They might hear, oh, maybe talks and trash. That's always fine. Not saying my Broncos are going to be any better, but I'm talking about when you have the cap situation they have, when you have a team that was drafted for the win now mode, not for next year, maybe a couple years after that, just for this next year in 2021. What makes them think that the Steelers, all that pressure, that's going to add up. So that pressure is going to add up. How is the offensive line going to ha- handle that pressure against Jadavion Clowney? Against Miles Garrett, 
I can handle that. I guess that Ravens interior defensive line. That bolster Cleveland Browns defense. How's that offensive line going to protect him? That's definitely a huge question here for the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2021. Now, with Matt Canada being, I believe, the office offense coordinator, are they going to try at all to run the type of offense? Excuse me, that they did in 2020. Because they even consider that they're not making the playoffs. You can't be pass, pass, pass. Expect Najee Harris to get over 220 plus carries. And since you beat that Ezekiel Elliott 2016 and 2017 in terms of how many carries and how many yards. Could have been potentially rookie of the year. I wasn't the best, even though he came from a college school that I despise with all of my football heart. But let me know what y'all think. In the comment section below, the biggest AFC North concerns for 2021 for the NFL Training Camp 2021 articles that were provided by CBS Sports. We'll be right back at this quick commercial break. But tune in on the God Over Money Instagram Patriot 32nd Football Talk. We are back after this quick commercial break. That one do 2020 right on the God over money sports network. Biggest NFC East concerns for 2021. And of course, it is the first one. The Dallas Cowboys. I'm looking on the Instagram page you're laughing. The Dallas Cowboys. Oh my goodness sake. That Prescott gets that contract. That Prescott supposedly is 100%. We talked about it with Joe Burton. How quickly can he come back to being 100%? How quickly can he come back to prime form? What's that Prescott's prime form? Because the problem is with how their offense is. With how many weapons you have with the running back, receiver, it has some place decent to average tight end offensive weapons. Dak Prescott has to throw for over 4,000 yards to help his team elevate to wins and losses. Because you have so many guys to throw to, you had to evenly distribute the football. Also, make sure Ezekiel Elliott gets his carries because he had that five to six year contract. The defense, though. The defense, one of the worst, if not the worst, in the league last year and in NFL history. Think about it, folks. The Cowboys had one of the worst defenses in NFL history last year. Byron Jones is gone. You drafted that great defensive in Michael Parsons. I give you that. Ego and pride not willing to change. 
the three biggest concerns that I have for the Dallas Cowboys in 2021. Is their bread and butter, the offense going to be the same? How is that park? That Prescott, how is Dak Prescott going to handle being on the field? Mentally, all of that is definitely a lot barring coming back from injury. But all of that, to bring it back to the final point, talking about Dallas Cowboys' biggest concerns before NFL training camp coming up. So close, so close to more football. Mike McCarthy. After getting the job, after a sleepover at Jerry Jones's house, folks, that's what it was. Just being honest, there are already a lot of questions about this offense, this whole team, and there's even a thousand more questions about Mike McCarthy. Do we think? Let's say the some, let's say the Cowboys miss the playoffs. Matt McCarthy on the hot seat. Does he get fired? Does Jerry Jones pull the trigger, or does Jerry Jones swallow his pride at all? Because what could be a definitely a crypt tonight? Mike McCarthy is a better, terrible, terrible, terrible head coach. I will not address any trolling comments on today's program again folks i'm looking at the god of money sports network instagram page also we're going to live very soon on the network facebook page but mike mccarthy you know, jerry jones doesn't like to assign blame to himself jerry jones doesn't like to take responsibility so if it doesn't work out this year you think he's going to become us a scapegoat and potentially on the hot seat in 2022? Because even if Mike McCarthy does 50% of what he did in 2020, there is no way they're going to fully consider coming back in 2022. He is a garbage head coach. He wasn't the right hire. But at the same time, how many head coaches that need a new that want a new head coach and jump in the NFL were considering Playing for the Dallas Cowboys. Probably, let's see, five, four, three, two. Probably not very many. Let's just be honest. Ego, Pride, Matt McCarthy, Dak Prescott. Four biggest concerns for me for the Dallas Cowboys in 2021. But the New York Giants' biggest concerns before training team, number one, I'm sorry, is Daniel Jones. I don't know what any delusional sports fan or Giants fan could say about Daniel Jones. Is he really the guy? Very decent, very interesting rookie year. 2020, took a backseat. You could say, oh, uh, because I say Colin Barkley wasn't there, but again. How Saquon Barkley plays, and that's another question we'll have here in just a minute. But Daniel Jones, if he doesn't do well this year, how are the Giants going to approach you in 2022? They're trying to rebuild and contend right now. But the problem is while they're trying to rebuild, while they're trying to contend, 
what if, if Dan Jones doesn't work out? That messes with their plans. You think you're going to land a big free agent, big free agent veteran quarterback? No, it doesn't happen very often in free agency. Look at the books and look at, of course, the quotes from 2020. It doesn't hardly ever happen. And look at the Vikings. They got a veteran quarterback, not a winner, not a great quarterback. But in terms of getting a veteran quarterback in free agency, it's going to be your starter. Does it happen very often or it doesn't work out? Just ask Washington. Just ask Minnesota. With Donovan McNabb as a starting quarterback. Vikings fans, you remember that. Bringing Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley together. How was that duo even going to work? At all. Because even if you just look at the NFC East alone, with a duo of maybe like Fitzpatrick or Sprinkle, or let's look even at Dallas with uh, Dak and Zeke. There's so much better duos. But yet, the Giants aren't determined. But at the same time, if you even look at some of the players that they got, and free agency. You got Kenny Galladay, phenomenal young receiver, 24, 25 years old. Put him with Darius Slayton and John Ross and his Saquon Barkley's 100%. That could be a very interesting offense. Well, that would be or could be a very interesting offense in 2021. Is that going to translate to a lot of wins? And that kind of bars my next question. And folks, you let me know. How far will the New York Giants go this season? in terms of how many wins. And let me know what y'all think here in the comments section below. How, how many wins do y'all think the New York Giants are going to have in 2021? Six games, eight games. I say win seven games, seven and ten. There's no pressure in terms of, oh, there's an extra game. Extra game is not going to benefit the Giants. I know the NFC East or the NFC East is completely, is completely wide open. But that doesn't matter in any way, shape, or form. Who knows if Saquon Barkley is going to be ready for week one. This last, these last two the Philadelphia Eagles have criticized Jalen Hurts. I've made fun of the Eagles for believing in Jalen Hurts as a quarterback, as their quarterback. But can he be the franchise guy? I'm not saying Carson Wentz was their long-term answer or wasn't. But when you have the offensive line playing as poorly as they would, you think, really truly think, Jalen Hurts is going to do any better in 2021. Offensive line, defensive line getting older. Who knows anything about Miles Sanders? Joe Flacco, a veteran mentor. Is that really going to do much for Jalen Hurts? Joe Flacco is an average quarterback. If you look at his years as a starter, 33, 3,400 yards passing average per season, barely over 20 touchdowns. Not very good. But as a veteran mentor, who do you trust as a veteran mentor, despite what success or not success they've had in their career as a starter? Ryan Fitzpatrick effect or the Joe Flacco effect? Just ask John Elway and the Denver Broncos. 
how that worked out. What can Joe Flacco teach Jalen Hurts? Joe Flacco was never considered a top five, top ten quarterback. Top of his position, not considered one time. Won a Super Bowl. Nearly went to the Super Bowl his rookie year. A couple years after Big Ben got in the league. Interesting rivalry for a short time. How is signing Joe Flacco or Nick Mullins going to help develop Jalen Hurts? What are they going to teach him? Don't overthrow the receivers. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That is genius. Give it three to four games. And let's see how the Philadelphia Eagles feel. Two biggest concerns I like CBS talked to or was talking about, but for me, kind of adding to the articles that, again, this, all these articles came out from CBS Sports. I didn't come up with these articles. I don't write articles. I'm more than happy to learn how to write articles in the future. But again, folks, these articles came from CBS Sports. The Eagles' new head coach that got hired back in January. You throw Doug Peterson under the bus. Doug Peterson gets screwed over. Let's just be brutally honest. Him and Harry Rosell never got along, even in 2016. And he drafted Carson Wentz second overall. I don't know what the coach state. Is he going to be like another boring Zach Taylor? Frankly, I don't see him succeeding with the Eagles because the problem is it just it's the same thing with Dick Pierce and all that drama which happened right before the playoffs. Is that Hire Roselle wants it done a certain way. And if you don't do what he wants, it's his way or the highway. There's no working with the team. There's no working with the organization to help this team succeed. Dick Pierce didn't want to have it done a certain way or at least try it. No, Harris was like, no. Guess what? Doug Peterson did it anyways. So I heard Rizal and the Philadelphia Eagles franchise, or AK organization, has been trying to fire him for years. Or trying to find escape code. That's what they did last year. You draft a young receiver out of Alabama, Devontae Smith. I'm not sure if he's going to break out as a rookie. He's not going to be like Justin Jefferson with Minnesota. Who's going to throw him the ball? <laughs> Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Over with those receivers. Not a great quarterback in any way, shape, or form. I just don't understand how this team is really going to succeed or show any improvement compared to the 2020 Philadelphia Eagles. But look at the Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Washington football team. Concern. Many of corners. I know they get what's his name back. But now, with Washington, if they continue to do what they do, they're going to have a lot of success. But depending on how Ryan Fitzpatrick plays, which really isn't that hard to figure out, to figure out how Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to play. He'll play great for a couple of games, and you go downhill. But luckily, Washington has... Tyler Heineke. I know he's like 26, I mean 27 years old. I'm not saying he's a long-term answer at the starting quarterback position. I'm not saying that in any way, shape, or form. But what I am saying, folks, 
is that that quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick, could be their downfall in certain games if they have to. When they have to beat certain NFC East teams, it's going to show why Ryan Fitzpatrick has been with so many NFL teams. But ladies and gentlemen, here at Don the Biggest AFC North, aka NFC East. Biggest concerns before NFL training camp 2021. So close to football. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break. Check out a quick 30 second football conversation on the God Over Money Instagram page. Again, folks, so we are back. That one, dude, 2020 on the God Over Money Sports Network. We talked about the biggest NFC East, the biggest AFC North concerns before training camp. So who knows in any way, shape, or form here. Now we're talking about the biggest, the biggest, the biggest contract bust multiple in NFL history. And of course, the first one is Jeff Garcia had some good, very good years with the San Francisco 49ers. The Cleveland Browns signed him to a four-year, $25 million deal. That's why right around the same time, they drafted Tim Couch a couple years before. Didn't work out with Tim Couch. Give Jeff Garcia years, a couple years before. They moved from Baltimore. Now they have Cleveland Browns have football team. Now they have what we call the AFC North. What the Browns saw with Jeff Garcia in San Francisco was not the Jeff Garcia they got with the Cleveland Browns. We can assign blame or have concerns, but man, oh man, I felt bad for it. If I was an older NFL fan back there, much older. Back then, man, oh man, that's just terrible. Three and seven and ten starts after saying a four-year, $25 million deal. Gets let go the next offseason. And the Browns continue to have that quarterback carousel until Baker Mayfield. I believe in Baker. I'm a fan of Baker. And I wish him all the best. But maybe maybe we'll see one day. It'll be on and push to have him on the show. And this next one, folks, is going to light up a lot of NFC East fans. Again, this is going to light up a lot of NFC East fans at the running back position. DeMarco Murray. DeMarco Murray. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. DeMarco Murray. Had a great, phenomenal year. I believe it was in 2014. Had some very decent years, retired after 2017. 2014, though, 2014 was that season. He went to the division around 
versus the Green Bay Packers. And what some people said was the controversial catch or no catch that Dennis Bryant caught but didn't catch. Now, we have reviews. I had Jim Dino on the show here back in April to discuss that. 2014, DeMarco Murray happened. 1,845 yards. 1,845 yards with that team. Tony Romo, Daz Brad, DeMarco Murray, Jason Witten. On paper, it sounded and it looks great. Who knows? But all of a sudden, another team in the NFC East does what NFC East teams do. After DeMarco Murray had a phenomenal 2014 campaign, Wesley is one of the best running backs in the NFL after his 20 monster 2014 season with 1,845 yards and earned the NFL Offensive Player of the Year honors. The Eagles loved him, signed him to a five-year Oh, man, a five-year, $40 million contract prior to the 2015 season. Oh, my goodness, this all went downhill so quick. They barely used him. He had barely 700 yards and was gone after that 2015 season from the Philadelphia Eagles. Went to Tennessee to help him to be that, that starter, that better mentor guy, to another running back that we're very familiar with, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. And DeMarco Murray. I believe at the time, the Eagles head coach, folks, if we remember, I believe it was Chip Kelly, if I'm not mistaken. Deshaun Jackson was gone already. You know, another Deshaun McCoy was gone. So they're trying to replace Deshaun McCoy with a great elite running back who had almost 2,000 yards in 2013. And DeMarco Murray. They don't use him. Who do they even have as a quarterback? Was it like uh, Chase Daniel for a minute, man? That kind of quarterback was just awful. And the organization completely mishandling it and not using DeMarco Murray to his strengths. He was gone into the 2015 season, and he had some very decent years with Tennessee and also mentoring Derrick Henry, but unfortunately that didn't work out with Philadelphia Eagles. Good years in Tennessee. Had a great career and retired after the 20, I believe the 2016 2017 NFL season. The NFL has had a lot of biggest contract busts in NFL history. Next one I want to mention. I don't know if they have it in this article here. Donovan McNabb. Three, I believe, three straight NFC East championship game appearances. Lots in a Super Bowl to Tom Brady. While I wasn't a great passer, they won a lot of games. He got back to the championship game. So his lack of ability as a passer got overlooked. And I, and I, and I said this, folks, was that if DeMarco Murray – sorry, I have brain farts, brain farts, brain farts. Been a very busy week here, folks. If Donovan McNabb retired – and didn't play for any other team besides the Eagles, I believe he would at least be more considered, if not, in the Hall of Fame. Is that what he did? No. What they did instead 
because he went to he went to the Minnesota Vikings for one year. Don McNabb with the Minnesota Vikings. Peterson, that didn't work. After one year, he goes to Washington for another year. Actually, Washington in Minnesota didn't work out. Twenty twelve, Washington football team drafts RG three. Rookie of the year. They go to the playoffs. They play against or face against the Legion of Boom. So I'm not saying Dobby McNabb was a bum. He was a very good quarterback. You had all those good Brian Dawkins, all these guys on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. You had Andy Reid being the head coach. But that, I believe, ended or depleted his Hall of Fame chances when Donovan McNabb decided to play for another team after the Eagles. If he didn't, his resume would be a lot better. So I don't know what his decision was thinking when trying to play for another team. Just retired, and you probably would have been in the Hall of Fame. Not first, maybe not second, but third ballot. I definitely could have seen that. But those two, those two sets with one of them with being with Minnesota and the one before that being with Washington hurt his Hall of Fame chances. And in my opinion, every way, shape, or form. Another quarterback is kind of traumatizing me. That was a contract bust. Out with my team and bringing him on. Brock Osweiler. Drafted in 2012, 2013 as a rookie. Has a decent time to replace Peyton Manning a couple of times during the 2015 regular season. Of course, Peyton Manning's last year in the NFL. Peyton Manning getting older. Somehow, the Houston Texans, they sold something. And Brock Osweiler, they gave him, if I remember this contract correctly, they have it. Here, an awesome article. Four years. $72 million. And immediately, man, oh, man, oh, man, the Houston Texans regretted that decision. Every way, shape, or form. Just look at the numbers. Terrible, 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 terrible. Decision right there. And that's some of the biggest NFL contract busts in NFL history. But we'll, we'll be right back after this quick commercial break and come check out here, folks, again, the 30-second football talk on the God Over Money Sports Network. It's a good page. We'll be right back. Again, folks, we are back for our last topic today on today's early show. We got that done early because tomorrow I'm starting a new job. So get the show done, but it's so much fun. You know, it sounds crazy doing a solo show or a solo network. Now, that is getting out for the right people in time. It's a lot of fun. Love talking got a football and bringing it together. But our last topic of today goes to 
the San Francisco 49ers signed Fred Warner to a $95 million deal. It shocked me. Not that Fred Warner didn't deserve to get a new contract. But a linebacker getting almost $100 million, I thought their cap situation wasn't the best. But this season, with Fred Warner getting paid, getting that $95 million contract, does he make this defense play better in 2021? No matter who the quarterback is, or how Brandon Ayu, or Debray Salmon, no matter how any of those guys play, does he make him better? I don't know. I'll be excited to see I room for him. Very good player, and I can't wait to see what he does at a contract extension that runs through the 2026 season with 40 million in guarantees. So even if even if it doesn't work out somehow in some way, he only gets 40 million five years and fifty five. Yeah, that's not a whole lot. Because mind you folks, I understand this about NFL contracts. I don't know like the exact numbers. When you see a contract, there's an NFL contract. Look at let's use Fred Warner's for example. You see five years, ninety-five million dollars. Mind you, folks, Fred Warner does not get the full ninety-five million dollars. You have your agent and have everything else to pay, and the rest of the money goes to you in Fred Warner's bank account. So he doesn't get that full ninety-five million dollars. That's just how it works in the NFL. But the deal does top the $18 million a year from another great linebacker, Seattle's Bobby Wagner. He's been very consistent. We talk about the Legion of Boom. Even after the Legion of Boom was broke up, he still played at a all-pro, pro-bowl level. But look at the NFC West. You have the Cardinals. Interesting offense, but talking about specifically of their defense. J.J. Watt, Terrell Jones, great both future first round Hall of Famers, but they're aging. Seattle, you got Jamal Adams, 49ers. They have, I believe, the 49ers have the best defense in the NFC West and a top defense in the NFC. But just because I believe that they do doesn't mean that it's going to result to wins and losses on the field. But to everybody... On Instagram, thank you all so much for the support here, for watching the show, getting more content out there. God bless. We'll see you all soon. And bye-bye. Three seconds, an hour. God loves you. And hopefully just a moment here. That was an hour. For some reason, Instagram Live only has an hour limit. So who knows? But man, oh, man. Forrest Buckner, second year with the Colts. The San Francisco 49ers. Have the best defense in the NFC West, and a top defense in the NFC. Now, that's in my opinion. Now, does that result in wins or loss? Who's that true leader on the defense side of the ball? You have the, the Bears with Carleo Mann. You have the Rams with Aaron Donald. You have the Broncos with Von Miller. You have stable guys, or that one guy being the leader. But for the Niners, who is that specifically? Does Fred Warner make them better? When you sign a contract, I guess you don't get the full amount, but it's not about like them in the past. But what we know and what we believe, what you can do for us in future.
But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's go into today's or this afternoon's final thoughts. And ladies and gentlemen, here that one, dude, 2020 on the God Over Money Sports Network. These shows are so much fun. I truly enjoy doing them. Thank you all so much for the support. It's the person, I know who is A, the all, from the MS6 Sports Network YouTube page. I will not respond to any trolling comments. Thank you all so much for the support. See you soon. Abbas. his stuff uh you know he's not afraid to go at people and no player should have that much control over an organization well last time i checked this is not the los angeles lebron how did you get blocked by lebron james on twitter talking about you know wanting to inspire and, and like i'm inspired right now i want to run through a brick wall for you right now i cutthroat it's very you know, up and down roller coaster of emotion. God put me in a position. It's always a good time when I get to get on that dude 2020 show.